Okay, hey guys, welcome back to Consume, a podcast by me, Burton Olivier, where I talk about all the things I consume, uh, and yeah, it's Wednesday night, feeling tired, I'm trying to like, shift up my routine to be a little bit healthier, <laughs> um, trying to lose some of this weight, I, I've started walking, I'm trying to, walking more, I should say, because I've been doing like, a daily little walk, and I use like, the Google Fit app, to track my steps and there's also this thing called uh like heart points that they track and it's like it says like the american heart association recommends you get uh 150 heart points a week but like the default uh goal per day is just five and i didn't really think about it before but then last saturday i was looking at it and i was like wait if i want to hit that i need to be doing like 22 heart points <laughs> Uh, a day 22.3 or some shit uh so i just made it my goal for every day is 25 and i upped my steps to 10,000 so now i'm doing two like hour long walks a day the one in the morning is like a power walk one to get my uh heart points and then the afternoon one or evening one is just to get the 10,000 steps because like usually my loop gives me like 4,500 to 5,000 steps like the little loop around the neighborhood that I do so we'll see I do already kind of feel better we'll see if it like makes any difference on the scale it might it'll probably take a little while but uh I don't know and it helps with uh listening to podcasts especially these long ass action boys podcasts that I've listening to i've been falling behind on like everything else because that's the only podcast that i have been enjoying listening to lately uh just shame i need to like keep up to date with my news podcast um or i guess i don't need to i feel like i have to uh which is a problem with my media consumption in general i feel like i have to do all these things uh anyways let's see i don't think i have anything special in the way of food consumption this week to talk about nothing new and fun uh I tried a new way of making tofu, which is basically just putting some cornstarch on it and then putting in the air fryer to make it crispy and then making my own, like, spicy chili sauce or sweet chili sauce with, like, uh, maple syrup, shoyu, gochujang, and rice vinegar, which is weird. The first time I've ever bought or used rice vinegar, and I'm still, I still feel weird about using maple syrup <laughs> in, a, in a sauce, but it makes sense. Especially I got, like, organic maple syrup from my imperfect box, so it's, like, runnier than your, uh, than your usual, like, pancake syrup, you know? And, yeah, alright, let's just get into the fucking, I guess, books first. Um, this week I was really focusing on the movie, so I didn't get any, like, too many, like, actual full books done. Just a lot of, a good amount of comics, just whatever I bought last week. So I reread all of Saga, the comic by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. I had, like, the three hardcover collections of, like, the first 54 issues. Uh, so I reread all of that in anticipation of the new issue coming out that came out today. Uh, and I'm glad I did. It was a great time. I fucking, I love this series. It's, like, the perfect comic book. It's such a nice, like, world that they've created. Like, this, like, weird, like, sci-fi fantasy mix and this fills it with, like, all of these, like, extremely human characters, you know, even they're all, like, weird, different species and shit. But I don't know, there's so many just, like, nice character moments throughout the whole thing that I, like, found myself, like, tearing up constantly. 
at it. And I'm glad I reread the whole thing before because I forgot like a bunch of major things. Like the issue 54 like ends with a huge death, but then I forgot that issue 53 also ended with a huge death. And I totally forgot about that. And then the new issue that came out today uh, was good. It's like a, it wasn't like, it didn't make me cry or anything but like it was nice to like jump back in with these characters they've also it's been three years since the last issue came out and this is like they also did a three-year time jump in the books uh and yeah i don't know it's just good to see where everybody's at where hazel and her family are there's some good like page turns in this one uh there's like a cool page turn to a double page spread of like a giant space pirate ship that's made out of a giant space baby skull <laughs> um uh it's pretty cool yeah i definitely I highly recommend saga i think everyone should give it a shot and read it even if you don't really read comic books if you don't think you like sci-fi or fantasy i just think everybody should give it a shot it's it's great stuff and it's very like quick and easy to read it doesn't ever feel like a slog I highly recommend it if you're if you're in LA, I will drive and brought, drop off my books for you to borrow to read it. And if you're not, I will send you the links to read it for free. Uh, <laughs> anyways, read the second volume of that Mariko Tamaki run on She-Hulk. More just like not really for me. Just feel like I really like Mariko Tamaki's writing in general. She's doing a great job on detective comics right now, but like she just doesn't really have a handle on She-Hulk. And there's also a bunch of different like this is a collection of five issues and there were like four different artists. So it's probably not her fault that she wasn't able to like nail down a vibe. You know, it feels like a pretty chaotic time for Marvel in general on the like production side. So, not necessarily her fault, just unfortunate. But, speaking of She-Hulk, she just had a new number one come out uh, last week that I got. Uh, and it, it's pretty great. Rainbow Roll is the writer, and then uh, Raj Antonio is the artist. I think that's who it is. This Goodreads pages. They don't do the best with their credits. Um, but yeah, this one like immediately captures, captures a good vibe for, uh, for Jen. And, uh, I don't know, the art's a lot of fun. Most of the issue is just She-Hulk and uh titania like having a fight to blow off off steam and that's pretty fun i like that so yeah i'm excited about this series and also we got covers by jen bartell and that she's always great that's it's a lot of fun and yeah i guess the rest of whatever is just single issue comics so we'll try to blow through uh all this uh james bond himeros number four uh this this run is this run of bond has been pretty fun it's a little too predictable for what's going on and the right the artist for this issue uh is different from the uh previous issue uh he's not bad he's just like it's a little it feels a little crude but his pacing is good it's just like the actual art itself is kind of crude uh but this story bond story has been fun it's like uh bond is protecting this young woman who's basically chiseling maxwell after a uh fake jeffrey epstein killed like got killed in prison like you know committed suicide quote unquote and bond is trying to get to the guy who is above epstein who's like this arms dealer or whatever and he needs the chiseling maxwell chick to like lead her lead him there and so they go to like fake little saint james <laughs> in this and we get to see like the island and i was hoping with this chiseling maxwell character like because they tried to make her a little sympathetic but bond is like still pretty steadfast and like no you did awful shit and you're gonna have to pay for it and i was hoping there'd be like a turn where she would just go full villain after like trying to get some sympathy this whole time uh 
and Bond would have to kill her. But no, she ends up just dying in the crossfire when some guys come to try and kill Bond and stop the secrets of this arms dealer getting out. Uh, so like, you know, a little predictable and not as fun as I was hoping for. But overall, this series has been pretty cool. I think we got one more issue of it. Uh, for the finale next month. Then we got Detective Comics, issue 1048 and 1049, or 1048-1049. They're doing a big, like, event where there's, like, 12 issues of Detective Comics, like, a week, or, like, coming out weekly. So 12 weeks every week is an issue of Detective Comics. Uh, so I had to fucking take it off my pull list because I'm not going to buy all those. Uh, but it's a cool story. It's like Arkham is now, they're trying to make an Arkham Tower in the middle of gotham instead because arkham asylum got blown up in some event last year uh and of course the prisoners all look like they're being helped and they're getting better but there's like weird shady shit going on behind the scenes with this like pharmaceutical guy so all of the uh all the bats have to like figure out what's going on i haven't been reading the batman main run because i've been trying to only read books that i've bought and not all like usually i any book that i don't comic that i don't don't buy every week I'll read it online uh, because I'm an insane completionist and I have to know everything that's going on in these comic book universes. So I haven't been reading the main Batman title, which I know, I think Batman's in New York <laughs> right now doing something. And so that's why all the, uh, all the Bat kids are dealing with this Arkham thing and he's not around for the past few issues. I don't know. I'll get back to it in a while after I finish, um reading all my actual books, and then I'll jump back into the online stuff. Anyways, uh, there's a new issue of Nightwing, number 88, and it's still just so good. Fucking Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo are so good at what they do with this comic. It's like just perfect superhero comics. And Tom is just so good with all the characters and making them feel like real and like they're actually they like care for each other. Like this issue is just about Dick Grayson is like going to make some announcement because Alfred, when Alfred died uh in some big event a few years ago he left all his money to nightwing because alfred had a bunch of money apparently so now dick grayson is a billionaire and he's going to donate a bunch of it for the alfred pennyworth fund and he's trying to make an announcement but like this gangster is going to kill him so like the all the teen titans show up to like help him and so it's just everybody wanting to help out nightwing and it's just it was really nice <laughs> and uh it made me emotional i liked it a lot there's a new issue of Thor, number 20, uh, which already shot up in value. Apparently, it's already worth like 15, 20 bucks, this uh, $5 issue, 4 or $5 issue, uh, because there's a new character, and people fucking love first appearances of new characters, even though this one feels like kind of a cop-out. Like, this whole Donny Cates and Nick Klein run on Thor has been really good. They get the vibe down great. Cates is good at writing this like big bombastic Thor stuff that feels like very uh like serious like epic tales with a serious tone like kind of like Conan kind of um and so this arc is about like Thor has been freaking out because Mjolnir has been actually has been like acting weird you know like sometimes he can't pick it up and sometimes people who shouldn't be able to pick it up are able to and there's like this prophecy about how the god of hammers is going to kill the lord of asgard or the king of asgard and so thor's been worried about this god of hammers like oh no who's the fucking god of hammers and uh the last page reveals that mjolnir is actually the god of hammers there's some like spirit entity inside the hammer itself and so it just looks like a woman made out of lightning 
<laughs> and that's the God of Hammers. Kind of a letdown. I was hoping it would be like someone we've seen before who's revealed to be it. I don't, I don't know, but it's still a good issue. Put me on a little like emotional roller coaster at the end because of like the last scene is like Thor showing up to Broxton, Oklahoma and finding it destroyed. And this is like when I first really got into comics, like 2004, 2005 in high school, Broxton is like where, uh, like there's this big store where Asgard was on earth above Oklahoma. And so it was about like Thor, like becoming like friends and like learning, like living with all these like small town Oklahoma people. And I really enjoy that run. And so I have a soft spot in my heart for Broxton. So seeing it destroyed, uh, made me very upset. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, all like, rare and to go like who's thor gonna have to fucking beat up for this and then the page turn and it's just like oh lightning uh mjolnir lady thing so whatever it's it's probably gonna be cool i trust uh kate's incline with this run i'm excited to see where it goes and then we have uh devil's reign number three this is like chip zadarsky's big daredevil based event that's going on right now uh it's pretty fun. It's been pretty good. It like took a turn in this issue that I wasn't expecting in this. It seems to be a lot about uh first you that I thought it was gonna be or it's a lot about like Kingpin trying to get back at Daredevil for like erasing his memory of who Daredevil is from everyone's mind. But now there's this whole big swerve where Kingpin gave Otto Octavius some power and so Otto used his like uh they took over Reed Richards lab <laughs> and uh I realize I'm getting into the weeds with a lot of comic book lore that you people probably don't give a shit about just bear with me i'll get to the movies pretty soon i'm almost done with a comics <laughs> segment um so otto has reed richard's lab to work in which means he has a gate to other universes and so he pulls in and makes his own superior four made up of uh so like i don't know if there's a segment in the comics where otto octavius put his brain into Peter Parker's body and became the superior Spider-Man. Uh, for a while, it was a pretty fun run. I, I really liked it. Uh, so he's now gone to other universes where their Doc Ox has put their brain in different heroes. So then we get a Doc Ock Wolverine, Doc Ock Ghost Rider, and a Doc Ock Hulk brought into this, our universe as a superior four uh and now we got to deal with that and i think that's pretty fucking sweet it's really fucking ridiculous just fun superhero comics chip Zdarsky also has a uh a new batman book that came out this week batman the night uh and this is a pretty good number one good start for this it's supposed to tell the story of batman like this is like college batman like right after he like finishes school and now he's going to go out into the world to like do all that training that mythical training that he does in his like uh where he gets all the skills to be the greatest detective and uh sometimes like with chip you can be kind of hit or miss with these like mini series with like a serious tone i feel but i feel like this one's going to be a hit we're all it's off to a good start uh i definitely recommend it and then last book that I read this week. I I started my reread of Love and Rockets from the beginning, finally, with uh, Jaime Hernandez's uh, Maggie the Mechanic, his first volume. Because I always enjoy, I think I enjoy of the Hernandez brothers. I like Jaime's side better. It's more fun. I just like Maggie as a character better. And like, I forgot how dense this first volume is and how like wacky it gets. Because most of like his Locas series is just about like people living in like mexicans like in like a los angeles suburb who are into like punk culture like this whole first volume has like weird like superheroes and all kinds of wacky shit that i kind of forgot about but i don't know he's just like a perfect cartoonist all of his characters are so fun his art is just so like clean uh yeah 
I don't know. I'm glad I started rereading this again. I'm excited to get into more. Okay, that's it for books <laughs> uh, this week. Oh, before I move on, I guess, I just saw that you can be a Goodreads librarian, which is kind of like a Wikipedia editor for Goodreads. And I think I want to do it. You have to like take a quiz, uh, I guess, to say that to show that you're not um, a moron. But I think I'm going to do it because there's so many of these like comic book entries for like, especially these single issues where they just like won't have the, the cover art or like the artists and like everything's like listed wrong or whatever i'm i want to do it because that's the job i want in the actual library because their whole system is a little wonky like nobody quite cares enough to get like all the graphic novel stuff completely right but anyways movies so i'm still just <laughs> tearing through this uh action boys list i watched 15 <laughs> movies this week i've watched 52 movies uh this month we're not even done with january and like part of it is that i'm just following this list i like having a nice list to follow so i don't have to make any choices i don't have to decide what's next i just gotta check it off uh which is why i like most of my media consumption is just me developing lists for myself to like check off so you know uh, and it's like nice to go through, through these and then I get the reward of like the podcast that I really enjoy at the end. And it's also like the me not recording every day and like having to like set aside the space, the like time to do this every day has helped, like mentally at least. Though part of me is like kind of missing the daily recording just because these long recordings, not as fun to do. And um, I almost like forget that I have to do it have to i don't have to do this shit um <laughs> uh yeah i don't know kind of want to go back to that kind of don't but whatever uh movies first one i watched was sharky's machine from 1981 with burt reynolds uh also starring burt reynolds and directed by burt reynolds uh, and this is a cool movie it's kind of weird like everyone in it is like kind of wacky but in a way that kind of it makes it seem like more realistic uh so basically burt reynolds is a cop with the last name sharky uh i think tom sharky and sharky's machine is this like group of guys who end up on this like case and they have to stake out this woman's apartment to get information on like a drug kingpin or something and like the whole twist of the movie our thing is like Burt Reynolds, while he's watching this woman across the way, uh, falls in love with her. So it becomes like a weird love story with him and this woman he's never met. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Uh, a lot of the, it's weird. A lot of the IMDb trivia like tries to say that this is like Dirty Harry in Atlanta, but it's really not. Uh, it just doesn't have that vibe. Like it's not as like dark. Uh, it's not as brutal. Fucking Burt Reynolds is way more likable than Kurt uh than Clint Eastwood so I don't know it's just it's weird that they're trying to push this whole dirty hairy thing when that's definitely what this movie is not uh yeah if you like this old cop stuff I'd say watch it there's still some like decent action a lot of good uh some like car chase stuff and some squibs going off that look good there's a really impressive like last shot of the movie so like the main bad guy he like falls out the window of this size the skyscraper that they've been uh uh staking out this entire time and so he like falls through this window knocks out this window and the last shot is like of burt reynolds and this girl that of course they've fallen in love like playing on a swing set behind his house and so the shot goes from them playing and that's like a helicopter shot where the like camera like takes off from them flies across the city and then lands 
at uh, showing the skyscraper with like the window covered in like fabric because they're gonna fix it, you know. So it's like a pretty impressive like one shot going from Burt Reynolds to this thing, and like the movie also starts out with that of like showing the skyscraper and the helicopter or whatever it's on, like going down to the street where we see Burt Reynolds like walking to this uh, drug deal. So yeah, some cool stuff in there. Three point five stars for Sharky's Machine. Then I watched uh, Demolition Man from 1993 uh and this was uh way more wacky than i was expecting um i guess i should have known (laughs) sylvester stallone and uh uh, wesley snipes in this like weird futuristic thing it's also like this movie was made in 1993 and it has two different like dystopian futures that are so wildly wrong (laughs) like the first part of the movie 1996 Los Angeles is completely like bombed out. They won't even let planes land there anymore. And Wesley Snipes is like running around like the Joker. And he's like told every like service to stay out of Los Angeles, like postmen and fire, uh, firemen and fucking cops. But a bus driver for some reason still drives into LA to drop these people off. And so he takes his whole bus hostage. And so of course, Sylvester Stallone, John Spartan has to like go free them. And so he like lands on this uh building and like fights through it and, like kills all these guys to get to wesley snipes and he gets to wesley snipes and they have like a fight and like some fire happens and instead of just killing him like he killed everyone else he has to like take him out to arrest him but then the building blows up and the firemen find all these uh dead bodies and like sylvester stallone tries to like say like i didn't see anybody on my fucking scans i didn't know the people were there but then instead of just assuming that wesley snipes killed them all first uh Stallone also gets blamed for killing all these people in this big explosion. So they both get put into like cryo jail, like cryo sleep jail, and they have to like go under and they aren't going to be up for parole for like 70 years because while they're frozen, their like brains are being rehabilitated by these like things. But then they get unfrozen in uh, 2032 and society is completely changed. So this is our second future where it's like weird, like utopian society uh we had san angeles which is los angeles santa barbara and san diego are all one city it's weird to throw santa barbara in there for me but that's just because they're all it's not like a big city but they're all rich so i guess it makes sense yeah like no one swears (laughs) and they're getting like fines for it and like it's not that far if everybody acts like i don't know it's just so weird that like in 2032 they act like the 90s was like the far-flung past where fucking like neanderthals lived and that's basically how they treat sylvester stallone which isn't wrong i guess uh but yeah i don't know it's just it's weird it's fun uh wesley snipes being the joker is kind of fun he's good at it he looks good uh doing it's like the few bits of kung fu that he gets to do i like the taco bell is the only um restaurant in the future makes sense and it's also just funny like that this is where mdk the fucking nick gage thing comes from because it's such such a fucking wacky movie and nick gage the deathmatch wrestler uses it to like seem hard uh but yeah four stars for demolition man really enjoyed it got and then i watched red dawn from 1984 with patrick swayze and uh charlie sheen and leah thompson by uh directed by john milius and man this whole it just feels like a high school play <laughs> And they got uh, got way too much funding and got out of hand. Like, all the acting is just kind of brutal. And the story is uh, ridiculous. I don't know why. They try to justify it. But um, the Russian military and, I guess, Mexico's military in this, like, weird uh, alternate history. I don't know why they need to 
terrorize small town Colorado like this. Doesn't seem like the best strategic uh, landmark, but I don't know. There's a lot of cool explosions, though. And apparently they're all, like, real, no miniatures. Like, they just blew up real shit. Tanks and trucks and some buildings. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much to say about Red Dawn. Two and a half stars. Uh, not my favorite. <laughs> then uh, Anaconda, 1997. Uh, and this movie uh, is bad, but it's great. It's fun. Fucking John Voight is so fucking funny in this as, like, the snake... Uh, guy who takes over this documentary crew with Ice Cube and J-Lo uh, and Owen Wilson and some other people whose names uh, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. John Voice is like weird Peruvian accent and just like how every time you see him, he's like doing this weird like frown uh, face, like super exaggerated. It's just there were so many times where they just cut to him watching something happen and I just it made me laugh it's really funny the uh, snake CGI is bad but the snake puppets are kind of cool and uh yeah I was just gonna give this a 3.5 but the whole like ending sequence with like J-Lo and Ice Cube like blowing up that snake and like trying to get away from it and it coming back to life and then the snake eating fucking John Voight and then regurgitating him and then John Void's like severely fucked up almost corpse like winking at J-Lo before he falls over dead uh that whole ending sequence rocks so four stars um for Anaconda and then uh I watched Con Air 1997 uh and this movie fucking rules fucking tell you right now five stars like just the premise is great of just die hard on a plane with all these like ridiculous uh fun characters like all these criminals are great fucking uh nick cage with his ridiculous alabama accent uh john malkovich is a good fucking devious criminal thing rames diamond dog he's he's fucking great dave Chappelle. uh i'm just listening names and saying that they're great <laughs> steve buscemi uh of course he would make a good serial killer also, I really liked uh, MC Ganey, a swamp thing. Uh, that was a fun character. Man, I can, I can tell I'm tired and wiped out from those, uh, from all these walks. Because uh, I, I just don't have the energy to do a full fucking, I can't even think right now. Um, but yeah, it's just a fucking, Con Air is just a good fucking time. Like, it stays pretty interesting throughout, like, all of the, uh, all the ways they keep like heightening it and i was just gonna give it like a four or 4.5 but then after they like crash the plane and then they still have that ridiculous like action sequence on the fire truck where it takes like four different things to like come together for john malkovich to finally die i fucking love that whole sequence so yeah that's why five stars for con air uh then i watch beverly hills cop from 1984 uh and this is just so good eddie murphy is amazing that's not a fucking relevatory thing to say but like he's just so fucking charismatic about this whole thing and like he's really funny but for me what really sold it is just anytime he gets serious in this movie uh he just really sells it like you just really believe that he cares about what he's saying and what's happening uh and like the plot itself is kind of whatever you know Andy Murphy's a Detroit cop who his friend gets killed because he's wrapped up in some ridiculous like Beverly Hills uh drug lord scheme and so Eddie Murphy has to like use his time off or he's told not to get on the case so he takes a vacation and goes to investigate this on his own and has to deal with like Judge Reinhold and the other stupid uh Beverly Hills cops uh but yeah but just watching like Eddie Murphy work his way through this whole thing is just it's just a really good time he's amazing um yeah four stars 
for this, for Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, and then I watched Executive Decision from 1996 by Stuart Baird. And this was a surprise. I fucking, I loved this movie. It's great. It's like exactly the kind of thriller that I like. Um, and it's got a great cast. Fucking Kurt Russell, Halle Berry, John Leguizamo, Oliver Platt. Uh, but then, unfortunately, we do have Steven Seagal in this, but not for long, uh, which is another point in this movie's favor. So it's like a, uh, some terrorists hijack a plane and they want to bring it to Washington, D.C. and set off this nerve gas bomb. And, uh, Kurt Russell is like an intelligence guy and he has to work with Steven Seagal and his like spec ops team to like get on this plane. And there's a great part where, uh, when Kurt Russell learns he has to work with Steven Seagal, his face just falls, and it, it just fell in the exact same way that my face falls whenever I see that I have to watch Steven Seagal or anything. Uh, but thankfully, he dies when they're trying to get on the plane, and then most of the movie is just Kurt Russell and John Leguizamo and the rest of their, like, spec ops, the spec ops team, like, trying to sneak around this plane without getting detected by the terrorists and, like, figure out how to dismantle this bomb and communicate with, like, Washington and just... It's just a really solid fucking thriller. I really enjoyed it. Even, like, the... And they just do a good job of, like, using everything and, like, heightening it. So, like, even after, like, at the end, there's, like, a little code of thing they've tacked on where Kurt Russell has to, like, land the plane himself, and that's done really well. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, uh... It's just really solid. So, you know, four stars for Executive Decision. There's also... So there's, like, two behind-the-scenes things, though, that I really like is apparently one of the reasons Steven Seagal isn't in this movie much is because this is around the time where it's starting to come out and people were starting to learn that uh, he was, like, abusing his power to, like, molest other actresses. Uh, so Kurt Russell didn't want to work with him. And so that's why they killed off his character uh, to get him out of there. And then also Kurt Russell almost fought John Leguizamo over his ad libs that he was doing. And you know what? I think I'm on Kurt Russell's side. Like, some of, like, they let some of John Leguizamo's little jokes in, and I guess they add, like, a little bit to the character, but, like, this is not the movie for that. Like, you're in a really tense situation. You don't need to make smelly foot jokes, uh, in the middle of this. Uh, I would punch you, too, if I was Kurt Russell, you know? Okay, moving on. And we watched, uh, Legend of Drunken Master, Jackie Chan from 1994. Uh, and this movie is great. It feels like much more of a, well, because it's newer, it's like much more of a solid movie than the 1978 Drunken Master movie. Uh, but yeah, it's just cool. Like the plot is a little all over the place and feels a little too convoluted, but we're not really here for the plot. We're here to watch fucking Jackie Chan do sick fights and all of the fights rule. And there's a lot of cool effects. Uh, like Jackie Chan, like actually crawling over a bed of coals and being almost hit with like superheated rods. Uh, because, of course, like most action movies, the final part of this movie takes place in a steel mill. Uh, yeah, all the fighting is just, like, super fucking impressive. And then there's, like, a Jackie Chan's, like, stepmom uh, in this movie is played by Anita Mui. And she is fucking hilarious. Like, a lot of this movie is actually funny, but Anita Mui is so good. Her performance is just really funny. Best part of the movie, in my opinion. She's also in Rumble in the Bronx, and she's good in that, but in this movie, she gets to, like, a lot of bits, and she gets to, like, really shine. Really sad, though. I, like, wanted to, like, look up more, like, see, like, more stuff she's done, and she's done a good amount of, or she did a good amount of movies, but she died at 40 from cervical cancer, which is so fucked up. She could have, been, she could have done so much more. <laughs> Anyways, Legend of the Drunken Master, four stars. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, then I watched Rocky Four 
from 1985. And I've definitely, my enjoyment of the Rocky movies has gone down a step with each one. It's just, I really loved how weird the first one was and how like realistic it was and like the best part about it was watching rocky be like a dummy with a heart of gold and he's gotten like progressively he's still dumb but he's gotten like it's been less about his character and more about just these fights and this is probably the most famous one with like ivan drago and fucking apollo creed getting killed by drago in the first fight and then rocky having to go to russia to uh train for a fight and avenge him <laughs> the fight uh is on christmas day so this is another secret christmas movie uh but yeah you know it's still a good time <laughs> fucking one third of the movie is montages and there's like four full songs like there's the montages and there's also a full james brown performance before as apollo's entrance and he does the whole song so <laughs> there's not really much going on in terms of story in this movie and it's unfortunate that of all the fucking montages they don't do one to gonna fly now the fucking rocky theme which was like the best part of the other movies i don't know the montages in this are still good the montage where with rocky like training in siberia and like running all through the wilderness which he would absolutely have gotten lost and just died out out there i'm pretty sure um and the fight's cool drago is great uh i really want the like communist tracksuit that his ring crew wears for his final fight it's pretty fucking sweet and again though i have to say i fucking hate Polly. he is such he's just such a miserable piece of shit <laughs> and there's like weirdly he has like the most lines in this movie i'm pretty sure and then like the whole subplot with him getting a fucking robot and like programming it to be a woman it's just i don't know why we need it i don't know why the fuck it's in here i think it's gonna be edited out or it was edited out of like the special edition uh that came out recently of the movie and good i i just i just really fucking hate polly with all of my heart <laughs> um but anyways rocky four uh 3.5 stars and then uh next up we got rapid fire from 1992 and then think this is my first time watching a brandon lee movie that isn't the crow uh and it's pretty cool it's like a good little uh like crime movie uh Brandon Lee plays uh, Jake Lowe, who is a um, art student, a college art student, who uh, his dad was like the head of some like Chinese revolution, uh, like protesters, and who also like trained his son in Kung Fu. Uh, and he gets somehow dragged into this whole uh, like heroin uh, drug ring, and he ends up having to help Powers Booth, who's like a Chicago cop, like take down this Italian mobster and then take down the Chinese uh a kingpin of the whole heroin thing and i don't know it's just it's a whatever cop story but like all the fights are pretty cool brandon lee is a great fighter he moves really well there's a lot of sick uh some sick uh gun fights in this some cool explosions <laughs> there's even a part where a like delivery truck uh gets blown up and you can see the like air ram thing like the thing that they put under the truck to like hit it in the bottom and make it flip uh, so that was pretty funny. Also, the uh, I really like the actor Nick Manscuso, who's playing Antonio Serrano, the like mafia, the head mafia guy. He like really plays up the Italian uh, in this, and that, I, I thought that was funny. Um, so yeah, rapid fire, uh, 3.5 stars. It's a fun time. A little detour from the uh, Action Boys list, but still action movies. Uh, then when I was watching John Wick when i was watching john wick last week 
Dexter saw that I was watching it, and he was like, asked if he wanted to watch it with me, and he was like, no, but if you watch two or three, I haven't seen those, so I'd watch those with you. Uh, so I got DVDs of two and three from the library, and we watched it, and they they fucking rule. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, every fucking fight and gunfight in John Wick, in all three of them, is just great. They're really fun to watch. They put so much, like, effort into it, and you can, it, like, pays off. So, you know, I give both two and three four stars, but I think two might be a little bit stronger of a movie. I just really like the ending of two with, like, John becoming excommunicado from the fucking League of Assassins that they have there. And, like, it ends with him, you know, like, everybody in Central Park revealing themselves to be, like, part of this. And him, like, having an hour to, like, run away. And so you see him running and everybody just, like, watching him. And, like, well, the music builds up. It's just such a strong ending that gets you so pumped for the next one. John Wick 3 also had a uh, an ending like that, that, like, sets up a sequel where it's going to be, the next one's going to be, like, John Wick and Lawrence Fishburne, like, on their own against the whole rest of the League of Assassins trying to take everyone else down. So I'm pretty excited for John Wick 4, but I think it's been pushed back to, like, 2023, unfortunately. 3 also has Halle Berry in it, and she fucking rules. They're, like, the whole fight scene that they do in, uh casablanca with the fucking dogs and shit and it's cool and in john wick 3 uh john wick's kill count is 90 people and halle berry is only in there for one fight and she gets 47 kills apparently so like half of his kills and just like one action sequence which is pretty sweet three also has the fucking chairman from uh iron chef as like the main bad guy uh mark dacascos i guess I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right. Uh, but he's fucking fantastic. He's really good at martial arts. Apparently, he's, like, trained in a Hawaiian form of martial arts, which I've never fucking heard of, but it makes me want to try and learn it, I guess, if it's specifically Hawaiian. But it looks like it's just a mix. It says it's, like, a mix of, like, judo and jujitsu and something else. Maybe kenpo. But that'd be cool to learn a Hawaii-specific martial art. So, yeah, like I said, four stars for both movies. They're fan They're fantastic. I think John Wick 3 was also the last movie where I took an actual, like, date to. That was, like, 2019. Been a real <laughs> rough few years uh, between just L.A. being a horrible dating scene and also COVID. Um, that girl I took on that, that date was pretty nice, though. Like, watching this, I made me think about her, and I was like, maybe I should text her and see how she's doing. But that's probably not the best idea. I would like to just know how she's doing in general, but probably won't do that. Anyways, three more fucking <laughs> movies. Uh, uh, next, we got Action Jackson from 1988 with Carl Weathers, uh, Apollo from Rocky, and then Vanity, who we saw in um, The Last Dragon last week. Pretty sure that was last week, maybe the week before. But yeah, this is a, it's a fun little uh, cop action movie with uh, Carl Weathers as Action Jackson. It's a shame this didn't end up being a franchise like they wanted, because, I don't know, I thought it was pretty cool. They didn't... Uh, I don't remember the story now that I think about it. I watched this, like, yesterday. Oh, yeah. He's trying to take down Craig T. Nelson, who is, like, a car maker who's killing people who are at the head of the auto workers union uh, so that he can, like, put his own people in charge of it. Real weird. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Carl's Weathers does a pretty good job in this. Uh, there's a lot of cool kills in this, too. <laughs> <laughs> like at one point action jackson tells a bad guy to chill out and then he sets him on fire uh just pretty sweet so yeah action jackson 3.5 stars i uh definitely recommend this one it's a fun watch and then to balance that <laughs> i watched uh 
Firefox from 1982 with uh, Clint Eastwood. And this is like one of the fucking driest movies I've ever seen. Which makes sense. Clint also directed this. So like he plays a pilot who has PTSD from Vietnam. And he's the only pilot who can uh, fly this plane that the Russians are making called the Firefox. And it's this like new type of fighter jet that frankly kind of looks ridiculous. uh, The design of it. And it's like... It has weapon systems that can respond to your thoughts. And it just so happens that Clint Eastwood's character is like an amazing pilot who can speak Russian because you have to be able to think in Russian to fire these missiles. And he has the exact same like specs, like physical specs as the uh, pilot that the plane is like attuned for. So like most of the movie, the first whole first half of the movie is just like him trying to like sneak into uh, Russia through this like elaborate series of like cover identities and like being helped by these like by these like russian uh rebels or whatever and it's like in theory it's pretty cool but it's just the way it's told is so dry and just kind of boring i kept falling asleep uh to eventually halfway through the movie i like paused it and like actually went to sleep and then just watched the rest in the morning then he gets in finally gets into the jet and there's a good chunk of the movie of him like flying this plane and trying to get it out of russian airspace uh and it's pretty cool they're like the, the effects that they use for the flight is, like, very Star Wars. I think even, like, some who worked on Star Wars worked on this, and they used, like, a different variation of the effects. Like, they created, like, a new way to do it so that they could film this, like, black plane against a blue sky instead of, uh, you know, like, a gray starship against a black sky. Uh, so, like, the effects, like, they either look really cool or really corny, but they're all still, like, pretty fun. All the flying stuff uh so yeah it's uh i give firefox a 3.5 i think if you're into this kind of like spy intrigue kind of stuff and if you like clint eastwood like i do i think you'd enjoy it um and yeah and finally our last uh movie of the week uh is our worst movie of the week uh this is the first time i've been mad with the action boys for making me watch a movie uh i watched if looks could kill from 1991 and it's like kind of a james bond spoof i guess but it's just painfully unfunny and most of the jokes come from miscommunication which is my fucking least favorite plot device because it just stresses me out and feels makes me feel like everyone is like way dumber than a normal like anyone would be so it's like <laughs> richard Grieco is playing uh michael corbin who's a high school student who has to go to france for uh, to get a French credit so he can actually fucking graduate. And it just so happens that Michael Corbin is also the name of a CAA operative that nobody's ever heard of that has, has been tasked to go to Britain to, like, help uh, with some plot uh, because their um, their version of Bond, who's a guy named Blade, uh, dies, played by Roger Daltrey from the fucking Who. Uh, so he dies, and so this Michael Corbin has to come in and help but then he gets like assassinated. But there were all these mix-ups. This high school student ends up getting all of this like the gadgets, and they all think that he's like the actual guy. And I don't know. It's just fucking, just not funny. <laughs> um, his whole like class gets roped into it. Like his French teacher, they also start to think that she's an operative. And I don't know. And he meets some girl who's a uh, blade, uh, his daughter. And he ends up, like, having to help her. And then, I don't know, it ends with him, like, of course, actually saving the day. Which, like, it's always rough with, like, weird these movies. Like, by the end of this movie, he's just, like, mowed down multiple guys 
with machine guns. And it's like, he was just like a normal kid. I don't know. I feel like it would be hard <laughs> to kill people. He would definitely have some like uh, trauma from this. Whatever. I'm, I'm approaching this uh, comedy movie from the 90s in the wrong way. But yeah, one star. I just did not, <laughs> did not enjoy this movie. Uh, and that's it for this week on uh consume doesn't feel like my best episode maybe i'm just being too hard on myself maybe this sounds like all the other episodes to you it probably does uh yeah maybe i'll try something different next week maybe i go back to fully recording every day maybe i'll split it into two days anyways uh that's it for consume i've been burnt olivier at birdzor on everything uh if you have any questions comments or recommendations uh but for now it's a uh, time i disappear